Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to Naples United Church of Christ. My name is Dawson Taylor. I have the great privilege of serving as senior minister. And I'm Reverend Angela Wells-Bean, and it's my privilege to serve as your minister for congregational care. And we're so grateful to have you in worship with us this morning. On the first Sunday of Lent, the season leading to Easter, uh, 40 days, not counting Sundays, uh, that the season that leads it to Easter. And so we begin that... Uh, uh, journey. We actually began that journey this past Wednesday on Ash Wednesday, but we continue that journey today. And so we're grateful to have you with us. It's also a communion Sunday, and so we're grateful to have those who are joining us virtually. And this is a great time to gather communion elements and uh, to prepare for that time of communion when we'll be serving those who are here in the sanctuary. Speaking of those who are here in the sanctuary, I want to invite you to find the registration pad and please uh, register your attendance and make sure everyone on the row has that same opportunity. And I also want to give you a heads up that uh, when the communion is passed, uh, that you will notice on the bread tray is uh, slightly different and that you will find bread on the outside of the tray. And I just want to let you know that all of that bread is gluten-free and I promise it tastes good. Um, and it will, uh, and so you can take from that uh, for a communion. But also in the center of the tray are uh, some wafers uh, that are sealed. And so if uh, that's a concern to you, we want you to know that those wafers are available and, uh, and have been sealed uh, so that you can get those. I do want you to know, however, those wafers are not gluten-free and they don't taste good, but they are sealed. So uh, those are your options for communion. And if, if I've confused you even more, um, that is written for you in the bulletin. So um, our board of deacons has been working hard on this, and I am grateful for their efforts. Um, and so, uh, again, as we make our way out of COVID um, and make our way back into some of our traditions and routines, we're, we're uh, continuing to change those things and figure those things out. So uh, something to look forward to uh, for us. And of course, if you're worshiping online, please use the comments section to let us know where you're worshiping from as well. And this coming Wednesday, um, we have an exciting return, one of our programming initiatives, the Clergy Roundtable. We took a hiatus after Reverend Dr. Sharon Harris Ewing retired, and this Wednesday begins... And to survive Christmas. That's right, yeah. yes. <laughs> um, and this Wednesday, we start the series, a four-week series. We will be discussing the book, Being Mortal, Medicine, and What Matters in the End, by Dr. Atul Gawande, who is an incredible, um, highly successful doctor and public health expert. And although Dawson and I are, you know, just incredibly interesting and fascinating people, we thought that having four sessions where we just talk to each other <laughs> uh, week in and week out might become a little bit dry. So each week we will have a special guest with us, which is exciting and it adds a new dynamic to each conversation. And this week, our first week, we will have Dr. Bob Nordland, who um, is 
a practicing doctor. And one fun fact about Bob is that he has, he's an OBGYN doctor and has delivered over 10,000 babies throughout his career, if you can imagine that. And so um, it'll be, it's great to have him in conversation with us. That's 5 o'clock this Wednesday online. So nothing in person, no need to RSVP. Uh, and if you can't catch us live on Wednesday, it will be archived on our YouTube channel for you to watch at a later date. Yeah, I think it'll be good to, as we talk about some of those decisions that uh, Atul Gwande does such a remarkable job of highlighting in that book, that to have a physician's point of view, mm-hmm. I think will be really great. So I look forward to that uh, yes. conversation. And then also on Wednesday, I want to invite you for, uh, I think one of the great things that this church has done long before I was ever here, and that is our midweek meditation services. We do those during Advent and during Lent. And so this week, uh, Reverend Angela Wells-Bean will be preaching. And uh, we're excited because, I always have to get this pronunciation right because I got it wrong in my head, Blair Francis Papanyu uh, will be here on flute, and then our own uh, Dr. Becky Weiss rump on piano. And what I always say about these services is, you know, in a world that's noisy and busy, um, this is a really great 30 minutes to come to the sanctuary or watch online and just center yourselves. And it's a beautiful service and it's a wonderful opportunity to do all of that. And so you're invited at noon. Again, it's online. It will be archived if you can't catch it live. And we hope that you will uh, continue this Lenten journey uh, on Wednesday at noon and then again at five. As an intergenerational congregation, let us prepare our hearts and minds for worship. The ashes that shape the journey the cross that guides it, the word that foretells it, the wilderness that invites it. This is Lent, and into its wilderness journey God calls us. Let us answer the call. Christ is leading us to Jerusalem. So come, let us worship Christ by standing in body and spirit and joining in our processional hymn. You may be seated. And as you are, I would invite you to remain in your bulletin and join with me in our invocation. Let us pray together. God of mystery, we journey with Jesus this Lent in the certain hope that you will recreate our world so that all people will live in peace and justice. Call us out of the wilderness of apathy And help us to reach out to those who do not know hope or love. Hear the longings of our hearts as we gather for worship. And send the presence of your Holy Spirit to dwell with us once again. Amen. I invite you to be in a spirit of prayer with me as I offer this morning's pastoral prayer. Let us pray. Holy and gracious God, today we pray for all who are walking a hard journey. For those whose daily paths encounter barbed wire, checkpoints, and guns. For those who did not want to leave home but were forced to. For those who are hiding in underground subway stations while they cover their children's ears blocking the sounds of bombs above. For those who set out today in search of food and water. 
for those whose economic journey is shattered with hardship, for those whose journey is marred by pain or despair, for those who have been rejected by those who are supposed to love them the most, their friends and their family, because of the person they love or the pronouns they use. And we pray for all those who faithfully journey alongside them. We pray for those who are making a move and beginning again and do not know what the future holds. We pray for those who are clinging to something that has ended. We pray for those who are being bullied and those who are bullying. For those who have just taken their first breath of new life and for those who today will take their last. We are all on a journey, O oh God, nothing in life is static. And so we thank you for everyone who is in a joyous season of their lives, those who are celebrating successes, new jobs, promotions, marriages, a first time buying a house, a new baby, sobriety, healed relationships. Life is birth alongside death, joy alongside lament. And so for all those who are struggling, help us to have perspective, to put our trust in you, remembering that everything will be okay in the end, and if it isn't okay, it isn't the end. We are not at the end, but at the very beginning of our Lenten journey where we will walk with your son Jesus step by step towards Jerusalem, and we know what awaits us. Give us the courage to keep our ears and eyes open, attuned to the whole story, even the parts we don't want to hear, even the parts that make us cringe. Because to be a true disciple is to be with Jesus on Monday, Thursday, and Good Friday, and Easter Sunday. We are thankful for other travelers on the journey as we all risk together Christ's way of love. We pray this in his name as he first taught us to pray together, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning's scripture reading comes from the gospel according to Luke, the fourth chapter. I would invite you to follow along as it is printed in your bulletin. Hear now what God would say to you. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Holy Spirit in the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. Jesus ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to Jesus, if you are the child of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, it is written, one does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led Jesus up and showed him in an instant all the realms of the world. 
And the devil said to Jesus, to you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve only God. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed Jesus on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, if you are the child of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, God will command the angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, it is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from Jesus until an opportune time. May our still speaking God bless to us the hearing of these ancient words. Will you join your hearts with mine in prayer? Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we continue to give you thanks for the gift of this day. And we ask, O oh God, that in this time of worship that you would speak either through me or in spite of me. We ask and trust all of this in your many names. Amen. I love technology. I love gadgets. Undoubtedly, as I begin to look at my legacy as your senior minister, one of those legacies will be the expansion of our digital footprint. Some have thanked me, some have criticized me, and I guess history will be the ultimate judge. However, I believe that any church that's not engaging in cutting-edge technology will soon find itself going the way of the Barna Research Group that reported this past fall that one in five churches in the United States will close within the next 18 months following the pandemic. One UCC church in Naples already has. I received an Apple Watch this past Christmas, but you will note I don't wear it on Sundays because I fear that I'm going to get a setting wrong and it will go off in the middle of worship with a notification and disrupt worship or my concentration. I love technology, but I don't always get it right. Our lives have become so connected that I can sit in a meeting in my conference room or in my office and simultaneously be connected to my smartphone, my wrist, my car, my computer, and my iPad. I would say we are wired beyond comprehension, but the reality is none of it is even wired anymore. It's all wireless. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm so connected that I deeply desire to be disconnected. 
all the devices that I have that are created in the name of helping me focus sometimes cause me to lose focus. In our reading for this morning, which is always the first reading in the first Sunday of Lent, no matter the lectionary cycle, is the temptation of Christ. Within the framework of the story, Jesus is tempted three different times. The first temptation of Jesus is this, command this stone to become bread. Jesus had not eaten for 40 days, and Scripture tells us that he was famished. The temptation was not only to feed himself, but the ability to feed the whole world. But Scripture, but Jesus, and Scripture tells us that Jesus says, life is more than that. Life is more than the latest gimmick and gadget and the mere accumulation of material things. Life is more than toys and trinkets, more than bread for the stomach and more stuff. Life is about the soul, the heart, and the spirit. In the response to the temptation to throw himself into the rat race of material satisfaction, Jesus finds a calm center. And that centered faith will enable him to deal with all the other temptations that will follow. So it was with Jesus and so it is with us. Like Jesus, we find our focus at the depth of our inner lives, the strength that comes out of solitude, a calm center. In biblical language, we call this Sabbath, a time and space for rest and relaxation, a time and place to encounter God and get in touch with our souls, a time of rest. The tradition begins with God's day of rest. In the Genesis story, the writer says that God worked for six days and then at the end steps back and says, it is good, but I'm tired and need a break. And so on the seventh day, scripture tells us God rested Now, whether we take this story literally or not is not actually the point. The question is, if God took a day of rest, what makes the rest of us think we can get on without it? I actually think one of the most tragic things that's happened in our culture is the term 24-7. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, always on call, always on duty, always available 24-7. Even God doesn't work that schedule. God settled for 24-6 and on the seventh day rested. 
And it's tempting in today's culture, I think, to think, well, God didn't have an Apple Watch, an iPad, Wi-Fi access, a laptop or smartphone. Bishop Lori Holler of the United Methodist Church asks the question, what is the most countercultural thing that a Christian can do today? And then she answers her own question. Rest. The most countercultural culture thing we can do today is take time to rest. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, we were created in the image of God, and like God, we need to rest. We need time for renewal and for Sabbath. On the seventh day, God rested, and so should we. The Jewish Shabbat begins around a family table as the sun sets on Friday evening. Someone lights the candles. Another breaks the bread and offers the prayer. And the Sabbath begins. And around the table there is joy and comfort and there is nurture and there is rest. Jesus would have experienced that time and again as a child. And when he found himself alone in the wilderness, I can imagine him calling on that strength that nurtured him at those tables. And so today, we gather at this table We gather on this, the first Sunday of Lent, the first Sunday of the month. We gather out of our own personal journey and out of solitude. The ancient symbols of the Jewish tradition take on new life. The bread and the cup become symbols of sacrifice and new life. And around this table... We leave behind our multitasking, screen-sucking, harried, frazzled, and pixelated 24-7 world to regain our focus, to remember that we don't live by bread alone, but by grace and mercy. John Greenleaf Whittier was an American poet who wrote this. Drop thy still dews of quietness till all our strivings cease. Take from our souls the strain and stress and let our ordered lives cease. The beauty of thy peace. I invite you to come to this table and to find your Lenten focus. Friends, whenever I offer the words of blessing, I tell you that you are created in God's image and even God rested.
So as you go about your week, may you find time to rest. And may you never forget that you are a beloved child of God. You are created in God's image. And I pray that you go in peace. Amen.